0: Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. We are moving into part two of distant, flattering lips, or close and contrite hearts. I don't know if this is going to be two or three. I'm leaning towards three. Be it whatever it should be. I just wrapped up looking at the offensiveness of of the Messiah. And I just believe, I'm thoroughly convinced, and maybe there's opposition to this, I understand. There are people who believe you can just look at Jesus and fall in love with Him like the cute boy at the high school when you're 16. Oh, there's Jesus. I love Him. I want Him forever. I don't believe that. I've not experienced that myself, and I don't see that as a pattern in the Word of God. I just don't. I believe at the outset he has to be offensive. There has to be a, a, a reckoning with the revealing of, of the Son to us that causes us to really step back and count the cost and be like, who can understand what you're saying? That's what the disciples said endlessly. I I, I guess I believe you're the master, but man, I have no clue what you're saying. Surely you're not asking us to do this or to do that. You're not talking to me. The call will cost us everything. It's offensive. It opposes everything of the natural carnal man. So at the outset, at the beginning, when we see Yeshua Messiah as he is, we will have to do some reckoning. Because, listen, this is so black and white to me in this moment Every son of Adam is fallen, full of sin, disobedience, and a black, cold heart of stone that needs extracted and removed, that only God himself can do. Jesus is not coming to live in that heart, friend. He's not coming in to paint it all red and pretty and paint flowers on it and indwell it. It's got to come out. It's sick. It's vile. It's natural and it's carnal. And it was fathered by first Adam who was fallen and disobedient. The bloodline curse. It's got to go. And so when that revelation comes that your heart is in fact black as night and opposes God, what will you do, friend? Did you address that? Or did you just invite Jesus in? to pretty things up a little bit and make you somehow, in your mind, acceptable to God. Oh man, I think that's just the biggest deception that's gone through all of humanity. Sprinkle some Jesus on your nasty, vile heart and God is so awesome and good, He'll just let you in. That's not biblical, friends. There's got to be a heart transplant supernaturally speaking, that takes place in a man. And in that place, the revelation first has to come by the Spirit of God coming with conviction and the light of Christ Jesus the Messiah illuminates all you and you and our, my, our, I don't know, my grammar's horrible, but who cares? Our depravity, it's got to be revealed. And so here's the dilemma. What do you do? What did you do? What do we do now if it has not yet happened when that is exposed? We must yield our will in repentance. Abased, denying ourselves, receiving the follow me call that Jesus continues to call out to every man on the earth. He has made a way. But He's the only one, y'all. That's what I ended part one with. He's it. We are not getting to God just because God is slow to anger and full of compassion. We're not. That leads us to repentance. It doesn't lead us to Him. It leads us to repentance, which leads us to Him. Oh, friends, listen to that again. May this sink deep into our spirit. God's compassion, goodness, mercy, unending, immeasurable love leads us to repentance, which leads us to Himself. It does not directly lead us to Him. It must lead us to repentance via the supernatural work of the Messiah, which takes us to Him. That right there is a treasure, y'all. That right there is a treasure, if we can get that. The repentance leads us into Him. Via the mediator Messiah, great high priest, sympathizer Yeshua Messiah, who made a way for us to go in by repentance. This is where I want to go next. And again, distant flattering lips or close and contrite hearts. We barely touched on that in part one. I want to move into that more here in part two. Luke chapter five says, those who are well don't need a physician, but those who are sick. And Jesus goes on. He's the one who said that. And then next he says, I didn't come for the righteous. I didn't come for the people who are already well. That word well, simply put, means whole. Already put together, already fine, already sufficient. It's not these who need a physician, but those who are sick. The sick there simply means diseased and miserable. Evil even. And evil is not what we've... Well, I'm not evil. Oh man, we could have that conversation with most everyone. I'm not evil. Well, evil is just one who opposes God. The son of Adam reality. You were born... I was born evil. Opposing God. God. He is righteous. Every other thing outside of him opposes him. Sick, miserable, diseased. So Jesus is making it very clear. Any man who is sufficient in himself, who's lacking nothing and completely satisfied with his condition, will not, and I would say cannot, know God. You cannot. We are creator-dependent people. God made us that way. It is His perfect plan, and it is for our good to not just be turned loose to know Him however we decide, to see Him and approach Him however we think up. We must have the revelation and then walk out into maturity, ever dependent upon Him to be our everything. Because in my time of prayer this morning, what I was thinking about along these lines is, okay, so let's let's just kind of dissect this for a moment. Jesus said, those who are well, the ones who are whole, self-sufficient, already okay, don't need a physician. But those who are sick, diseased, who recognize their condition, see that they're deprived, they're, they're lacking something. These are the ones I came for, is what he was saying. The Pharisees, all of the teachers of the law, what were they deemed? Y'all are convinced you're okay. You don't need me. You have You have perfected the carrying out of the law of Moses so well, you can't let go of it. It is your salvation, and I'm here telling you I am a new and living way. I am fulfilling everything y'all have been carrying out with such precision. I mean, y'all, in a sense, he could have said, y'all have been doing this well. You've been carrying out the ordinances and statutes of God. Yes and amen. But you're missing God himself encased in a man right in front of your very eyes. And so really, do you know him? Or are you just carrying out the law's demands? We know the answer. You're whitewashed tombs. You have flattering lips, but closed hearts. Hearts that are are not towards God. You are just talking. You're just reciting things. It's not alive. It's not living in you. It's not accomplishing its purpose. It's just something you do. It's not sourced in the eternal God. You are fulfilling requirements alone. And Jesus came and he offended. And he will offend us if we still try to do the same thing. The same pattern the self-sufficiency. No, we are well. We don't need a Savior. We don't need a physician. Now, here's where I went. I started to touch on this just one second ago. During my time of prayer this morning, I thought, okay, so those who are well don't need a physician, but those who are sick. And I was just thinking and asking the Lord to, to clarify some things in my own understanding. Well, Lord, I know I'm not supposed to be sick for the rest of my life. When I am regenerated, I'm no longer sick. I'm no longer diseased and evil. I'm no longer miserable. I've been given abundant life. So, like, well, what about now then in light of this truth? Well, because I'll I'll be made whole. So if I'm whole, I don't need a physician. I felt like the Lord would just respond with something very simple yet very clear. And this is what I heard, and this is so awesome, and I feel like I hear it again right this second. There's a song that we listen to a lot in our house right now that says, For every need, there is a name. For every need, there is a name. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Joel, get the physician reality. Allow me to be the great physician. And that will move you into the more and the continuing of the revealing of all of the rest that I am and desire to be for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? For example, I have to allow the physician to come and do a supernatural work in me, to move me from death to life, to move me from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light, to regenerate me, To recreate me born of the water, born of the Spirit, the supernatural physician work has got to be in place. It has to take place. It has to be an experiential reality in my life. I have to allow him to be my great physician. But the thing is, I continue now, and I will continue, for the rest of my days to allow Him to be all of the other attributes that He is in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Healer, rescuer, deliverer, my strength, my portion. You know, like, we could go on and on and on and on and on about all of the attributes, and not just attributes, but the literal identities, if you will, of God. The rest of my life, I will be walking out God revealing Himself in all of the innumerable facets that He is. But first and foremost, I have to, you have to, every single man born on this earth in the lineage of first Adam must get to a place where they say, I am sick and diseased and I need a physician. And see, here's the awesome thing. You have two options. You will either be offended that that word comes to you, and you are pharisaical in mind, and you say, I don't need a physician. Don't you know how awesome I am? I know God. You do realize that the religious spirit is the strongest of all, because I'm telling you, I wish everybody on the earth that didn't know God knew that they didn't know him. How much easier would it be? <laughs> the hardest, most troubling person to convince that they are, in fact, in need of a physician are the religious, spirit driven people who believe they already know him well enough. I already know him. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me. Don't threaten me with I don't know him. I know God, all right. Back off. Y'all, that is so strong. I don't encounter that with people who don't know him. Yeah, I just don't believe in him. I don't believe he's real. There's so much more to work with with that because that man can be led to the light and revealed his depravity. I would say much easier than those who believe by deception they are already in God but void of the goodness leading to repentance reality. Again, man, I'm telling you, there's something to this. The goodness of God does not lead you to God. It leads you to repentance, which leads you to Him. Repentance has got to be the in-between reality for every man. So when the offense comes, we abandon our will. We abandon go to our knee, and we acknowledge the preeminence of Yahweh eternal. And whatever He demands of us, I will do. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I am not sufficient in myself. I'm not well. I'm not whole. I'm not okay. I need a physician. We are a creator-dependent people, man. And we forever will be. I want to make that I just want to make sure that's crystal clear. I am in no way insinuating on any level that we get to a place where we're just so healthy we just go on from here without him. That's impossible. I'm not promoting that in any way. This this trajectory continues. I am always in need. I'm always dependent, but there must be an event, there must be an occasion where I have a personal experiential encounter with God and acknowledge my sickness so that He can be what He came in order to be in the flesh as Yeshua Messiah, the great physician. Matthew 15, verse 8. Quoting Old Testament again, I believe it's in Isaiah. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Now, what this is saying, if we were to pick it apart a little bit, if you looked at like an amplified version or a literal translation, it would say people revere and attribute value to God. Okay? They honor Him, which of course seems right, doesn't it? I mean, that's a scriptural command to honor God, fear God, approach Him with fear and trembling, Revere and attribute value to him? Yes and amen, right? Gosh, that sounds like a perfect recipe for someone approaching God. But in this scripture specifically, which is throughout the New Testament as well being quoted, but in this case, it's hollow and superficial. Why? It's lacking the heart. It's lacking the heart. It's the whitewashed tomb reality. You flatter me with your lips. You honor me. But your heart, your heart, friend, is distant. Your heart is nowhere in my vicinity. Your innermost place, again, that's what the heart is now. Let's make sure we continue to pound that into our understanding. The innermost place, who we really are, is far from God. And y'all, this, this may sound so simple, but like, I'm realizing more and more, a lot of people, I think, if, if nothing else, whether they believe it or not, um, like coherently, or if it's just kind of subliminal, live as if God doesn't know their heart. Do you remember how I taught the other day about Jesus just opening up the scribes and the Pharisees when the when the um, uh, sick man, the paralytic, was being lowered into the house? They didn't utter a word, and Jesus called them out because He read their heart. He said, "It says clearly." Jesus knew that they were saying XXX in their heart. Friend, do you understand, again, this reality of dark and light, like I said in part one? You cannot effectively hide from God. You cannot fool Him. You cannot believe hard enough that He's just so good that He'll just love you however you are with no change or demand upon you to be found in the Son. Y'all, there is a prerequisite that you must face the tough reality that there is one way to God. You cannot hide away from that. You You cannot keep that in the dark and ignore it just because out of your mouth you revere and attribute value to God. He knows the heart of man. He knows what is in me. He knows what is in my heart. He knows things that I myself do not yet fully even know. He knows. He sees. There's no hiding from Him. The heart of man is laid bare before Yahweh eternal. Don't try to hide anything from him. Don't try to keep anything from him. There's no point. There's no point in it. Find no comfort there, friend. Allow him to be who he wants to be to all mankind, which is what? The great physician. The healer. He's saying to all of humanity, I know your condition. You are sick and I know it, friend. Please don't pretend that you're fine. Please stop pretending that you're healthy and well. Because all that does is exalt yourself in pride and I oppose the proud and I am near to the humble. I'm near to the broken hearted. I draw close to those who acknowledge their need for me in humility Our altogetherness, our rightness, our wholeness opposes God if it is sourced in our own will and way and understanding. If it's sourced in ourselves, it is not enough. It will constantly be deemed insufficient. We are not sufficient. We never will be because we were never created to be self-sufficient and independent. That is why he sent himself as Emmanuel. He came to dwell with men. To purchase them. To reveal to any who would listen to the call that says, Follow me. Follow me. And the only way any man will follow him is when they look at their own life and see it as rubbish. Abandoned to His will, His way. That's the only way, friend. That's the only way we are getting in. And that's the only way we're getting out, into the kingdom and out of the darkness and the depravity of this world that permeates our every fiber of our being until we are regenerated and born again. We are sons of darkness. But we don't have to remain there. So do you have distant, flattering lips? Or a close and contrite heart? That's what we're going to get to. This is going to have to go to part three. Don't convince yourself that you are in the eternal, perfect presence of God because you're just having wishful thinking that He's good enough and kind enough to receive you His goodness, His kindness, must lead us to an innermost place, repentance, that takes us to Him via the awesome supernatural work of the Son. He alone is our only hope, friend. Otherwise, we just have flattering lips that mean nothing and get us nowhere. Let's be found in Him. Part three is going to be coming up next. Please tune in. Thanks. Amen.